It's Morgan J. Ingram. Yes, I've hacked the show. And hey, guys, we're doing a 30 Minutes of Practice Club playbook. And I'm also part of the club, former sales trainer for Google, Slack, and Salesforce. So now, what are we talking about today? Breaking down a cold call in 10 minutes. I'm going to introduce the Fisherman's Framework. Everybody keeps telling me cold calling's dead. I think you're playing yourself, but I'm going to teach you all how to do that. The second part is an introduction so you don't get hung up on. The third thing is how to reverse engineer objectives of your personas so you can get inside their mind and talk to them appropriately. And then last but not least, which is the fight, which is handling objections and converting them so that you can have more opportunity to speak to your prospects. So here we go. Three, two, one. Let's get into it. Today's tip to optimize your sales day is brought to you by Boomerang. If you get an email and the action required on that email is going to take you less than two minutes to do, do it on the spot. It's not worth adding it to your to-do list, having to look at the item, remember what you need to do. That's going to take you more than two minutes anyway. So do it on the spot, get it off your plate. Now we documented our best templates and tips to help you optimize your sales day with our friends at Boomerang. And you can get that documentation for free at the link in the show notes. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong 30 MPC 90 Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes. Okay, so pause. Before you pick up the phone, we need to talk about the fisherman's framework. I'll give you a quick little story, and then we'll get into how you can use this. So I don't know if y'all been fishing before. I've been a couple times. I'm not the best. But I've realized that fishing and cold calling are pretty much the same thing. You go out on a boat on a river, lake, wherever you're at, you throw out your cast, you wait there for one to two hours, fish bites the bait, you struggle with it, you don't even get the fish, and you're disappointed, and you just wasted two hours. And that's the same thing that happens on your cold calls. You call somebody, they hang up on you, then maybe you get a connection, but then you get hung up on as you try to talk to them and handle objections, and it doesn't work out. So this fisherman framework will allow you to convert more opportunities, and let's talk about those three different stages. So the first stage that I talked about is the introduction, right? So you're making sure that you're there, so you're waiting. The second piece is the bite, right? You've gotten someone to connect with you. And the third stage is the fight. So now you're handling those objections. So now let's get into the cold call step-by-step step so you can convert more opportunities and feel more confident on the phone. So now we're going to talk about the waiting, right? You're making the calls. You're, oh, this person's finally going to pick up the phone. And let's say they do pick up the phone. Now, while you're waiting, this is not the time to just be hanging out and hoping things go well, because that is a terrible strategy. Hope is not a strategy. Shout out to Roger Jefferson for that one. So what we're going to do here is we're going to have two introductions that we can use immediately to convert. Now, if you're an avid listener of the 30 Minutes of Presence Club, which I know y'all are, you probably heard this one before. It was just the PLA, but I'll keep it super sweet for y'all so you can use it. It stands for pleasant, laughing, arms up. So let's say I decide to call Nick. I'm cold calling him. And I say, hi, Nick. Thanks for taking my call. <laughs> I know I'm calling up the blue here. However, do you have a few moments to chat? And the reason I do that is because the first part is pleasant. Most people are not getting thanked for the cold call at all. So that's why I say that. The second part is a laugh. So I create levity. People feel more approachable to me. And if I can get a laugh, then I win. 
My only caveat is don't sound like Kawhi Leonard. Don't be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm calling it the blue. Like, that's how you lose opportunities. And I'm not telling you all to do that. The last part is the arms up. Now, this is a psychological body framing. And the reason for it is it makes you feel, and to the prospect, unassuming. So they're going to be more willing to hear you out and more willing to have the conversation. So that is the PLA. Try it out. It works really well with a lot of clients I speak to. Now, here's a new one. Y'all haven't heard this one before. The confident pause. Like, Morgan, what are you talking about? Do I just sound like a mute? Am I a mime on these calls? No. So what you're going to do is they pick up the phone, and this is all I would do. I say, hi, Sally. This is Morgan from Ascension Media Productions. And I don't say anything. Now, the thing is, y'all be like, wait, what? The thing is the pause. Now you hold that conversation. You are now the confident one. You're actually holding the power there because you're just saying, hey, what's up? Here's my name. Here's my company. Don't say anything. Then they're like, uh, like, what do you want? Right. And that's what, that's what you want them to say. So now you can go in your value prop. Now you can go into what you want to say. And I've actually seen a lot of people see massive success with that. You don't even have to say your company name or name, but I know we have some international users here. So you might want to use that across the board, but that gives you an example. The confident pause, don't say anything at all. They're going to be like, wait, what do you want? And then you go into your value prop, which leads us into this next point. So we've been waiting Cast it out our, our rod. Now we have a fish to bite. We got a prospect that wants to talk to us. Now we got to get into it. But the question is, what do you do there, right? This is where I like to talk to people about reverse engineering. And you probably hear about reverse engineering a lot, but we don't talk about reverse engineering our personas. Typically in most organizations, you have three to five main buying personas that you speak to. So let's say it's a VP of marketing, a CMO, digital marketing manager, and a head of content, and maybe say head of Jumanjin. So what I'm doing is I'm taking that information that typically they deal with on a day-to-day basis, their problems, their challenges, their objectives, and now I'm creating cold calling value props around that. Best way to find that out is to go on a careers page. You could go Google it. I mean, Google Google's helpful. I don't chat GPTs. Uh, they're, they're pretty lit sometimes too. So you can go check them out as well. But the goal is you're going to get all that information and then you're going to create value props out of that. Now, You may be asking, but how do I do more than that? This is where I bring in the foundational pillars. So the pillars are case studies, or I like to call them better, customer quotes, because you're not going to be able to pull out a whole case study on a cold call. That's for the discovery and later down the line. We just want to get something really quick and a snippet. So we're going to get these pillars to use that. The pillars are the foundations of the persona. So you should have a VP of marketing quote, a CMO quote. You should have a head of demand quote, and they should also be in the industry as well. So now that you have reverse engineered this buyer persona, you've also have a pillar. You now can reach out to them. So let's say I've thrown out my cast and rod. Like I said, I'm on a call and I want to say my value prop after I did my confident pause from earlier. So I'd be like, hey, our, our solution focuses on helping VPs of marketing with their demand generation strategy as they're looking to elevate their content. And we recently just talked to a uh, VP of marketing and they told us when they implemented our system, they were able to see a 30% increase in the social lift across all their platforms, which led to more conversations with generated revenue. So that'd be an example, right? So I'm just taking a customer quote, I'm inserting it in there, it's in their language, I didn't really say anything crazy. And then I also address the problem of something they're looking to do. So I mentioned a priority there that also could be a pain point where it's, hey, a pain point is that We do webinars, but we're not getting any leads from it, right? So that could be another example I could use as well. So we waited, they bit, now we're fighting. 
well, not like actual fight club and things like that, but we're fighting with the fish, right? I don't know if y'all have gone fishing before. Now we're fighting. We're like, we're trying to get it back in the boat, right? And we're, we're so close, but we have a couple things that we need to do here. So the first thing that y'all need to do is a mindset shift. This is incredibly important. This is human nature. This is the laws of how things work. So you can't refute what I'm about to say. Fight or flight. When you're in a situation that creates anxiety or pressure, you're either going to fight going to flight. However, there's a third position most people don't talk about, which is standing your position. You don't move. You're calm. You're unbothered. This is taking me years to get here, by the way. This is not something that happens overnight, but if you practice it, you just become unbothered, unattached. I know a lot of people talk about detaching from the outcome, but this thing I want y'all to remember is standing your position. You look right into the eyes of this prospect and you are going to stand your ground. You're not going to get emotionally tied up into this. So now that you have the mindset of I'm going to stand my ground, I'm not going to fight or flight, and I'm going to choose that third position, the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to follow this framework. Pause, acknowledge, ask a question. So typically I do about a one second to 1.5 second pause. And then I acknowledge what's going on. So someone's like, hey, reach out in six months. A pause absorb it. I'll say, Hey, completely understand that you want to talk to us in six months. I, I've been hearing a lot with a lot of clients lately, but then I have a follow-up question. What's going to happen between now and then that's preventing us from meeting today? Okay. So now I'm in a dialogue because that's a brush off. That's not a real objection. Most of the time we need to identify that. So the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try to pull them in. Right? So they're going to say, you know what? Yeah, Morgan, like, we got a website coming out. We're hiring new people. We got all this stuff going on, et cetera. Like there's just so much happening. So I'd be like, hey, and this is just if we got the right pain points. I'd be like, based on the conversation we've had so far, you're saying six months. Based on our, our solution, it's going to take us probably two to three months to do a discovery, analyze what's going on, to then do an effective rollout for you, maybe at, at the fourth month here. So by the time I talk to you in six months, there's probably going to be another additional four to five months before we can implement this. And in my scenario, based on the information you gave me, that might be too late. Would it be crazy for us to at least chat in the next couple of weeks to see if this is a potential fit? And if not, we could part ways as friends. Now I pulled them in because they're like, okay, well, yeah, if I wait that long, it might be a year before I implement this. Now the conversation has changed, and now I'm going to talk about the next steps. Now, again, this is not always going to go this way, but here's the example of what should happen. They'll be like, hey, you know what, Morgan, that sounds fair. Uh, I'll meet with you in two weeks. And then now you're pushing it. You're saying, hey, great. Typically in these scenarios, when people look to meet in two weeks, I like to book a call with them and get you scheduled with our account executive who's going to walk you through exactly the same case scenario that you just told me about. And so now we've locked the meeting in and now we're good to go. So hopefully y'all understand what I just broke down and how to reel the fish in, or in this case, reel the future client in. So now let's do a recap, right? Because I said a whole lot, but now let's recap it. So Fisherman's Framework, waiting, bite, fight. When you're waiting, make sure that you have the right openers. I gave you two openers, the PLA and also that confident pause. You got to have some swag with it. You can't just be pausing awkwardly. You got to have some confidence with that. Then value props with the bite, right? Reverse engineering those value props, reverse engineering those pain points, and then adding in those foundational pillars as customer quotes, and then objections, right? Pause, acknowledge, question, whatever they say. Now we're pulling them in to drive the next steps.
Now, hopefully y'all enjoyed that framework. But the thing is, if you if you know me or maybe you're new to me, I'm a huge fan of some frameworks. And we drop that weekly in my newsletter at the commission. So if you want to go check it out, come click the link and check it out there. Gong's going to help you run the five-minute drill at the end of all of your calls today. At the end of a call, pressure test the prospect with three questions. Number one, do you want to buy? If the answer is no, why set a next step at all? Number two, when do you want to buy? If it's tomorrow, we got to move fast. Number three, how do you buy? Based on the first two answers, I can now adequately decide if and how I set a next step. And this was stolen from the Gong 30 MPC 90 Minute Masterclass, and you can steal it too in the show notes. Otter AI's Otter Pilot for Sales gives you the freedom to sell on your discovery calls by taking notes for you. One of the best ways to deepen your discovery is to ask your prospect about the impetus behind their goals. So when a prospect tells me they want to advertise on more sales podcasts, I'll say, well, it's not every day that you wake up and decide you want to sponsor a podcast. What's causing you to even explore this in the first place? Now, we put together the ultimate discovery checklist with our friends at Otter AI, which you can get for free at the link in the show notes.